Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best-in-class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Michael Elefante. Michael is the founder of BNB Investor Academy that has helped over 1,000 people find, invest in, design, and manage short-term rentals successfully. Michael is also the co-founder of Home Team Vacation Rentals, a property management company built to streamline investments for homeowners and summer-led designs, a design studio to help short-term rental and short-term rental investors. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gary. Um, yeah, I'm 30 years old, live in South Carolina. In 2019, finally made the leap into real estate. And my wife and I had the goal, just because we didn't really enjoy our day jobs all that much. Our goal is to get financial freedom as quickly as possible. Um, so looked at a bunch of different real estate strategies, long-term rentals, multifamily, wholesaling, all sorts of stuff. And I had lived in Dallas, Austin, then Nashville, um, three you know very busy cities. And I started to stay in some Airbnbs. And I just started to do the math. And I was like, I wonder if you, how much money you can make in this. I didn't think it was a lot at the time. And then when I started to look at daily rates and you know what the cost of real estate was in, in Nashville, I was like, man, this could be a really good investment. So got our first short-term rental in December of 2019. In March of 2020, we were set to cash for like seven grand after all expenses. Mortgage paid. It was amazing. COVID came, but kind of threw some things for the loop, but continued to invest. Hit financial freedom in less than 12 months with three short-term rentals. And then scaled to a fourth one, quit our jobs, traveled in a camper van for a year, settled down. Now we have seven short-term rentals and just doing this full time. And then, you know, started posting a lot of social media content, just kind of sharing my experience, what I was learning, kind of more behind the scenes stuff and just very transparent on the numbers and what the actual cash flow looks like for those types of properties. And over time, just built a program to help other people do the same thing that I'm doing. So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. I love it. I mean, I got into real estate a little over 20 years ago, but I was 31 at the time. So I wish I got into real estate as young as you did. But real estate, there's so many ways to make money. And I know a lot of people that have jumped into the uh, the short-term rental space in the last few years, but certainly you've achieved so much in such a short period of time. That's awesome. What were some of the obstacles you faced when you got started? You know, I think it was not knowing... What I don't know. And honestly, it was what tech to adopt. I didn't realize that there was so much software out there that really democratized the short-term rental space for everyday investors. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can manage properties pretty much from anywhere at this point in time. 10, 15, 20 years ago, when you think of typical vacation rentals, they were, you know, managed by property management companies charging 40 or 50% of your revenue by the beach and the mountains and the lakes that you would take your family to. 
But now with tech, I mean, you just have to have cleaners. You can streamline that process and streamline pricing, like all sorts of stuff. So that has really opened my eyes and enabled us to scale at the pace at which we did because we were able to hold on to a lot of that cash flow because we self-managed for the first three years before building home team vacation rentals. So I think that was pretty eye-opening. And for me, a mistake was not adopting that tech sooner, especially when you have one property, you're like, oh, I'll just save an extra 20, 50 bucks a month, whatever it is, and and do that. And then the other thing is there's data for historical daily rates, occupancy, where the top properties are located, what they provide guests, like all that's there for you to consume and leverage. So yeah, I think the biggest mistake is not leveraging that information and paying for it up front. What are some of the favorite tools that you use? AirDNA is a great tool. There's some other ones out there, but that's been my primary tool for historical data, some future looking information, but just to get a good understanding of where the top properties are located. Like I mentioned, like what are they charging per night, daily rates that can help you craft a more accurate forecast and kind of do a low, medium, high, just to make sure you're not over under forecasting uh, your cash flow or your ROI. And then for management, you need a property management software. The one that I use personally was Guesty for host and Guesty for pros. Now we use a system called track for the management company and then a turnover cleaning solution. So you could resort cleaning or turnout. And that enables you to sync calendars with your cleaner. So they just know when to show up and clean. And um, that's great because you don't have to send screenshots of your calendar, booking uh, reservations. And then pr- pricing. So Price Labs and Wheelhouse are the two probably top dogs out there. Highly recommend those tools. They're looking at active data and analytics in your market and uh, applying it to your property. And you can also set a whole slew of customizations and it will help you make more money on high demand days and then help you get booked on low demand days. So th- those are the, the main tools that we use. All right. Awesome. And what makes a good short-term rental? So a couple different key criteria here. Location is very important. Location within a market too. It's not just, oh, I want to find the best market. You know, Find a good market, but find the best opportunity within that market. But the reason I say location within a market is because there's a particular reason why people are willing to spend more money and rent more frequently in zip code A versus zip code B and C. And then like, who are you catering towards? So you have to figure out what amenities you want to provide. Design is critical. It's a very competitive space. If you're not going all out with design, providing a space that people are willing to spend more for because they don't get that experience every day at home themselves. So that's what they're looking to rent while they're on vacation to have things that they don't have. And then those are the biggest things. Then pricing, you just have to be priced accurate to which people are willing to rent your space for. I think a lot of people get caught up in like, this is my daily rate. Some people on old PMs will just charge like $300 a night the whole year. That's the biggest... like financial suicide of short-term rentals. I mean, you want to be able to charge a certain... Like it changes every day with Price Labs or Wheelhouse. So using those tools will help you make a lot more money and be booked more frequently. And the reason why that's important is because if you're getting good impressions on Airbnb and Verbo, you're getting clicks and ultimately conversions because you're priced right, your marketing's right, you're providing what guests want, then that's going to help you rank higher in search over time uh, along with good reviews. So it's just going to like help you and like the longevity of your investments be successful. That's a good segue into my next question. I'm big on KPIs. I'm curious, what are some of the big KPIs that, that you look at on a, on a regular basis? So my cash on cash target has always been 25%. Um, with higher interest rates, You know, usually I'm telling my students like 18 to 20%. And the reason I want to shoot for 2 to 3x what a lot of long-term rental investors are going for, like historical returns of the stock markets, because it does take a bit more effort to stand up a short-term rental, especially if you're self-managing to operate it. You know. It's not hyper-passive at times. It can be, but especially if you're self-managing. I mean, it is somewhat of an active income stream, which a lot of people say it's not, but you'll find out very quickly that it can be. Um, so that's like the biggest KPI I look at. 
I'll look at total ROI. So if I'm doing like a pseudo burr strategy where I'm dumping some money into a rehab and what I think I can do a cash out refi and pull out, I'll look at the equity piece as well. But the biggest thing for me is just cash on cash. And it also depends on the loan too. I think something that's special about short-term rentals is you can, if you plan to use the property at all for personal use, you can leverage a secondary home loan and put 10% down. So talk about you know double the you know leverage. I mean, you could put half down the normal 20% and then you just have more money to play with. You can maybe get bigger property. I mean, and I've had returns as high as 100% for buying. And then there's, you know, we could talk about arbitrage hosting all day long, but um, yeah, those are the main KPIs I look at. Nice. And, you know, there's been a, a ton of people entering the space the last few years. What are some of the big differentiators between, you know, one guy, you know, from the next? Yeah, I think it really comes down to design, photography, and marketing as far as like what's going to make somebody book your property aside from like pricing and stuff like that. It's competitive, right? So if you both have two beautiful homes that are the same, built by the same architect, same builder, you can have a very different experience than the one next to you. And that could be from different color schemes, different like wallpaper, accent walls, different light fixtures. And you really have to have a cohesive vibe throughout your entire property. And then what amenities do you provide? How many people do you sleep? Like what types of groups are you catering towards? Because you can get hyper specific. Like I'm going to cater towards bachelorette parties only. I'm going to go all Dolly pink themed Nashville style home in Nashville. And you're going to get premium rates on the weekends, but you have to understand midweek, maybe you won't get rented as much. So you just have a really keen understanding of who your target clientele is and then build that experience for them. But that's the biggest thing. Like design and amenities is probably what sets you apart in a hyper competitive environment. What have been some of the keys to your success in the rental short-term rental space? Yeah, honestly, I think it was just just like jumping two feet in and going for it, but not blindly. I'm very particular on in hitting my numbers and I will evaluate hundreds of properties. But the research and all that, like I said earlier, the data is there for you. Like go on AirDNA, the biggest thing people get caught up in like what's the occupancy rate? It's look at the first thing I look at is the top property section. And I, you can use filters. If I'm like honing in on what size property do I need in this market, where does it need to be located within a certain like maybe two mile radius? That's your info right there. And then what amenities they provide. So you can basically just use like a funnel mentality and just whittle it down to and hand it to a realtor. This is exactly the type of property I want. If you can find it for me, I'll, I'll buy it within this price range. So that's the biggest thing. I mean, the information's right there for you. And then again, we get back to crafting that experience. Most of my properties have not been turnkey. Usually there's some type of cosmetic rehab, even if it's just like paint floors, light fixtures, vanity, stuff like that, like relatively cheap items to take care of. But that just think about photos. I mean, that's the biggest your your photos in the property could look completely different. You know, you don't have to go down to the stud for short-term rentals to kind of take a property to the next level. Yeah, I'm in the multifamily space. I've used as a customer short-term rentals, but we're trying to create the same thing, an experience for our residents and creating a, a place where they could feel, you know, they're proud to call home and, you know, adding the amenities and stuff like that and little things to add value to the property. And so it's interesting that that's something that you guys look to in, in that short-term rental space as well. Yeah, that makes sense with long-term rentals though. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was younger renting apartments and there was every time I was looking at apartments, I was like, oh, I was so stoked to live here. You know, when I kind of leveled up a little bit. And I know people that would live there for years at one of the places I lived at in Austin because they had a great location, great amenities, great pool, great people. 
And that's what you want as a multifamily investor, right? I mean, your biggest expense is probably turnover and vacancy costs. So if you can eliminate that by thinking ahead of the game and what's going to keep people staying here and calling us home for longer. So I totally get yeah. that. That's smart that yeah. you do that. Thanks. So where do you want to take this business ultimately? You've got your coaching program, your property management company, your design company. So, I mean, I love that you're, you're vertically integrated. Do you have a, any big audacious, hairy goals? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really set specific monetary goals as much anymore. I feel like that and also like health goals, you know, I've reached them before and then it's like, you get like a day of satisfaction and then it's almost like an empty feeling what's next. So for me and my wife, it's more about what lifestyle do we want to attain and maintain? And that's the biggest thing. So, you know, we've hit financial freedom. We'd love to start, I would love to get to a point where I could donate a hundred grand or a million dollars a year. So I think that's in the relatively near future, as long as things continue to go as planned and donated to causes or help families that, you know, just it would mean a lot to us to be able to do that or give back and support local community. So I think that plays into it. Investing goals, just continue to invest and build wealth and build cash flow is the biggest thing. And like the other companies we mentioned, I would love to get those to, you know, 10, 20, 50, $100 million companies would be awesome someday. So just, growing sustainably and thoughtfully um, to make sure that we are still providing a great service to our clients or homeowners. And then from there, you know, I don't think I want to be a billionaire or anything like that. I'd rather just live like a really kick-ass life with my wife and my kids. So just attaining true time freedom and and just rocking it every day. Just loving it. I love it. I love it. You know, they say once you I guess I forget the dollar amount, but like anything else, like there's you don't get any happier. Right. And I, I was talking, I'm I'm a part of a couple of different groups. And on Monday night, we had our meeting and it's like, you know, the satisfaction you get, it's not like more money, more money. There's, and you hit your number, your financial freedom number. And like, there's no big party or anything, you know, it's, you've got to make, you know, your life from that and track the happiness and whatever that means to you. But it's certainly not a dollar value. That's not going to make anyone happy. Now it's, it's good to have money, but it, it shouldn't be your main driver. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think there needs to be a deeper meaning and and money is just a tool like anything else. I mean, a tool to achieve financial freedom. And then what do you get out of financial freedom? You know, it's different, but somewhat similar for most people. It's usually, I want time back. I want to be able to do what I want with my time, chase passions, spend more time with spouse, spend more time with kids. And I think that's what ultimately is going to bring people true happiness and give, you know, be able to live out more purpose in life. And I think that's ultimately what we're after. I think a lot of people get caught up in some monetary. If I make a hundred grand a year or a million a year, man, my life would change. And right. like at some point, like once you get past, you know, a few hundred thousand a year, like you're comfortable. But honestly, beyond that, it's you know, you can do more. You go on more luxurious vacations, sure, you could buy a nicer car, home, whatever. Uh, but you're right, it's not necessarily gonna bring you some like astound level of happiness that you thought it may have. So I think it's more of like the why and, and what you do with your time after that. Yeah, absolutely. Experiences, not stuff, you know, but uh, Michael, this was an awesome talk. I appreciate you coming on and adding a ton of value on short-term rentals. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your coaching program and other entities? Yeah, honestly, Instagram is probably the best place. I'm on pretty much all social media, but shoot me a DM on Instagram. I respond to just about 100% of my messages. I get a lot of them too. And would love to hear from you guys. And anything and everything that I do or any business I'm involved in would be in the link in my bio. So, And then bnbinvestoracademy.com if you guys are interested in that. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Michael, for coming on. Uh, Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.